All right, welcome to another exciting episode of Adulting Poorly. As always, this is your host, Mr. Phipps. Um, this week has been a bit weird uh, and slow to record anything, so for anybody who is actually waiting for an episode, which I doubt, um, it's been Snowmageddon 2019, so everything has been thrown off. No one's in school, people are losing their minds. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Anyway, it's been a very weird, like, week and a half, ten days, whatever it's been. First, let's get into Snowmageddon 2019. In a world completely covered in ice and snow, one man stands alone, not going to the fucking store. Okay, I did go to the store, but let's talk about this. When snow's going crazy, or at least there's a news report that there's going to be crazy snow, do you really need to go buy everything in the store? Here's what we did. Snow's coming. Looked at the forecast of how many days it could potentially be. We wanted to make sure we had enough food. Yeah, okay, we've got food. Nothing crazy. I didn't buy out the store. I had enough meals set up and canned meals so we could make it through without leaving the house. Okay, that's first. Second, do we have bottled water in case, you know, we lose power? And even if we lose power, the water still works. But just wanted bottled water for drinking, nothing else. Okay, bought maybe a case of bottled water. It was like 24. And then we bought a couple of Durafran logs and... That was about it. We were pretty much done at that point. And we got this done two, three days before, like, the crazy announcements started going crazy, like, all over the place on the news. I have never seen grocery stores that were sold out of everything before, like they were today. Hello Kitty notebooks, hamburger, water, didn't matter what it was. Everything was gone. Like, completely gone. And you look at how this transpired, and you look at how everyone freaked out about it. And when you, I actually went to Costco to buy coffee and people watch. Literally is the only reason I went there. Because it was so nutty, buddy, to see people that were waiting in line for two and a half hours to buy things that they already had at their home. Um, and it was, it was nuts. People were going crazy, parking, freaking out, acting like the, like, like there was an asteroid headed towards Earth and you needed to build a bunker and have 10 years worth of food. It was fucking crazy and completely unnecessary. I think day one, I drove in the snow. Day two, I drove in the snow. Day three, I drove in the snow. In fact, two of those days, we went sledding because, you know, the snow was so bad. They were boxed in and could not go anywhere. No. We went sledding. And guess what? So did other people. And, and stores were open. And things were being replenished. So is it that you are terrified to leave unless it's an activity that you can go do, like sledding or skiing or snowball fights or making a giant dong of a snowman, which somebody did post on Facebook, or is it that you just, it's just a pure panic of everyone else doing it that's making you go? Like, I have to do this. Holy shit, if I don't have Pringles, if you don't give me my salt and vinegar Pringles by day two, I shall perish. 
Like, what? what is the point? I don't get it. Um, and it seemed people were driving fine in the snow. They were moving around. Tons of accidents because, let's be honest, if you're a bad driver every other day of the year, you're a bad driver in the snow. Stop if you are that bad driver. If you change lanes without looking. If you accelerate going into a stop. I don't know. You should not be driving. There are some keys to driving in the snow that are very simple. Find someone that's lived in a snowy area. Chicago. Hell, even here at some point. And ask for driving tips. But if you've never driven in the snow. And you think it's a novelty. You're a fucking asshole and should not be on the road. (sighs) Other than that. Snowmageddon has been pretty simple. We didn't lose power, but we lost heat one day. Our furnace went out, and it's literally because one little itty-bitty wire popped off. Uh, like Literally doing troubleshooting after troubleshooting. And for those of you who know me, I am a moron when it comes to this stuff. So being able to fix it was like a huge man moment for me. I still have to call and cancel them from coming out on Thursday. Um, but lost heat... Going without the internet, this is going to sound like this is such a first world problem. Going without the internet and not being able to connect online to see things like how to troubleshoot your furnace, that was more painful than anything else. Coming up with activities for my daughter to do, because I'm not a teacher, uh, so for me, I was like, we're going to do dishes, and you're cleaning your room. And like it was the worst snow days for her ever, except for like the sledding and the fact that we got donuts. Other than that, it's been, like, horrific for her. Guess what? Guess we're doing your laundry. Oh, look at that. You're going to learn how to clean up uh, a floor. Let's start mopping. It's been bad for her. It sounds like slave labor, but, I mean, she lives here, so it's not slavery. Anyway, moving on. It's been, again, it's been a crazy couple of days. Um, The craziest thing I have heard so far uh, over this time period is... The Bezos versus the National Enquirer story. This story to me fills me with so much joy for dumb reasons. Number one, Jeff Bezos is accused of sending a dick pic. And in my opinion, if you're worth $140 billion post-divorce, you should be sending a dick hologram. Like, that should just be where you're at technology-wise, especially since you own Amazon. But you're talking about one of the richest people in the world, depending on the day. Uh, He's easily in the top five, top two sometimes. And you have a news outlet, media outlet, that is trying to blackmail him for dick pics. And the guy who's doing it, his name is Pecker. Like... You can't write this. It's Because if you wrote this, it would be the evil Jeff Bezos who was holding a news outlet hostage by his vast resources and his potential to sue them repeatedly and hold them in court until they ran out of money. There's no way you write it this way. You never write it that the billionaire is the one that's the victim. You would never write it this way. And the balls, literally, that he has shown... Hello, hello. In this is crazy. The ability to actually turn it around and say, you know what? Fuck you. Let me pull out ads in not only my own newspaper. Did you guys forget I had that? Um, But and others and just put it all out there. Here's the entire story. Here's how graphic it got. Here are the emails a lawyer from the National Enquirer sent me (laughs) asking me to 
literally break the law. Just put it all out there. Boom. Let the let the court of public opinion be what drives us from this point on. Oh, but it's not done because if any point of this story is true and the National Enquirer has been acting as Trump's propaganda machine and actually shutting stories down, this sounds a lot like, help me out here, like it's, it's, it's tampering? Is it, is it, is it the presidential using his influence in a negative manner that could become unbecoming or even impeachable? Who knows, but this is now an investigation, and if the FBI is watching, which I'm guessing they are, especially since Senor Trump has been so loud about how much the FBI is against him, well, guess what? Now we have we have people coming forward and just giving us stories about you, dude, that if we can do minimal research on, because guess what? It's posted in the paper now, and figure out your hands are fucking dirty. Dirty? Because they've been on the pecker. I'm I'm blown away by the story. Uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. I hope that there, there's actually more as far as information that Bezos posts. I'd love to see how the National Enquirer, which by the way, as they've responded up to this point, has been... Um, we'll look into this. The board of directors will look into this. Okay, well that's great that you're making that statement. But you have four board of directors... One of which is the pecker. So do you think he switches hats and he sits down and like, we got to look into this pecker incident. And they're like, well, I don't know, pecker. What do you think about that? And he's like, I don't know, because I think that uh, CEO pecker is probably not at fault here. And I have to, I have to very much uh, probably, I'm going to take my man's side. Are you sure pecker? Positive. Pecker didn't do anything wrong. Pecker would never do anything wrong. It's just, it's nuts. It's crazy. And there's never going to be anything done on the, the AMI side of it. So, that's great that they've said that they're looking into it. They're not going to look into it. Or they're looking into it as, how do we how do we cover our ass? How do we CYA here? How do we make sure that the Dawn doesn't come back and, uh, you know, fry us later? Well, I mean, if he gets impeached, they don't have to worry about shit. But to be quite honest, they got, they got a lot to worry about. Because if Bezos comes after him, they're toast. They don't have the resources he does. And they have been steadily losing money, $203 million per year. They've been operating at a deficit for years. They can't maintain this like um, this business model. He, he could come in and wipe them out. And then the, the croup de Gracie, the top piece of this, and this is how I know I'm a super nerd, Amazon company that started AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, most companies out there use AWS, shockingly, but it is a huge moneymaker for Amazon. Do you know who currently uses AWS? AMI. That means that they were sending emails back and forth on a platform built and supported by Jeff Bezos' company. Just let that sink in for one second. How did you not know that? Granted, he's not going to be able to access any of their information as a company. The customer's information is always the most important. But still, I'd feel pretty stupid if I sat down with the board of directors and they were like, doesn't he uh, Doesn't he essentially own all of our web shit? 
They're like, yeah, all, all of it. All of our wet shit he owns. Huh. Nobody fucking thought about that before we tried to fucking blackmail him. Nope. Sorry. That didn't, didn't cross our minds. Hmm. Interesting. Super interesting. Huh. So we're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. You think the FBI is listening? No, they're listening. Fuck. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's move to Bermuda. All right. More to come on that as it transpires or unfolds, I should say. Um, I and I, I just uh, it's palpable. Can't can't even wait for it. Um, moving on. Uh, I don't know if anybody has had a chance to watch the Alliance of American Football. When I saw this come out, I was like, it's another rinky dink league uh, that they're going to try to pass off as you know, like the former XFL, which is coming back. Um, and it's not going to be good for the NFL at all. It's just another league that popped up, blah, 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 to compete with the NFL. Reality check. Um, it is not a league competing with the NFL, but is working very closely with them. Um, for those of you who enjoy football, this actually might be something you want to get into. It happens, uh, it's happening actually right now. So it's after the Super Bowl is when they kick off their season. They have NFL players who have been floating around the league as like, unrestricted free agents um, or are on practice squads for different teams and um, like Christian Hackenberg second round draft pick is now playing for one of the teams I like think he's playing for the hot shots in Arizona which is the worst name ever um, you'll see a lot of people that were drafted from your favorite schools that were drafted onto NFL teams and maybe never really made it now here's a, a league that is set up to help them um, expand their skill set and potentially get back into the league. Uh, it's a great idea. They've actually worked out that if for some reason, um, like Josh Johnson, great example. He was signed to play for, I can't remember which team, but when Alex Smith went down and then Colt McCoy went down, uh, the Redskins came calling and they don't release you from your contract per se, but they put your contract on hold until you go play that time with the NFL and come back and satisfy your contract at that time. They really work together um, very closely because they want to be able to produce talent or help talent that hasn't reached its full potential or maybe it's a learning curve or they just didn't get enough snaps in the NFL or in college um, or they were just too great of an athlete and they were they, they used their athleticism more than actually learning how to play the sport. Uh, I think it's a really... Great idea. Uh, it's pretty cool to see. I think there's eight teams now. The only thing I can't find, and if anybody wants to email me or text, Facebook, whatever, like game times or where you can watch them, that would be pretty cool. I've been jumping on their website trying to figure that out. I can't fi figure any of it out. Um, it just shows the games and where you can buy tickets. It doesn't show that they're actually being broadcast. I don't think they're being broadcast at this time. But um, pretty cool. Uh, if you're into... Football, as much as I am, I don't like having the drought between Super Bowl and then just getting immersed in, like, draft information. It's too much crap for my brain, to be quite honest. And if I could delete most of it and replace it with actual lifetime, like, life information, I think I would be a much better person. Like, going back to the whole furnace thing, I would love to replace crap I know about the NFL with how to fix my furnace. That would be actually a life skill I would need not being able to spout whose 40 time was what when they enter the draft. That's completely useless unless for some reason I go on Sports Jeopardy. And even then, I'm only going to be hitting it in one category and then taking a dump in the next. All right. Lastly, and this is the pitch-in for this show, is we're going to talk about junkyard cookies. 
or 10-pound cookies, whatever you want to call them. Um, I call them 10-pound cookies because it's easy to gain 10 pounds if you eat a couple of them. All right? I've been posting pictures of these things. They are now my favorite thing to make, and I think it's a lot of a lot of creativity can go into them. I mean, it doesn't really sound like it because it's just making cookies, but we have fun making them because we're just throwing stuff in there. What do we have in the cupboard? Let's throw in there. Uh, this first started off as just an idea that Olivia and I have one day, making chocolate chip cookies. Standard Toll House recipe, nothing special. And then we, I just looked at her and said, maybe we should throw some like pretzels in here. Let's make half of this batch have pretzels. And the other half have, what do you want? She said, potato chips. And I said, fuck, I love that. Of course, I didn't say I love that. Um, so we we made two sets of cookies. Pretzels versus potato chips. Nothing special. Lay's potato chips. Schneider's pretzels. Crushed up. Thrown in there. Boom. Amazing. And by the way, between the two, the Pepsi Challenge, potato chips won hand down. Uh, you may want pretzels. You're a pretzel person. If you're going to do that, don't make the mistake and crush up your pretzels too much. Make them larger chunks. You want to be able to like physically bite into a pretzel, not have like a little piece of a pretzel because the when you break it up, it almost acts like uh, flour and it makes the donuts, or not donuts, <laughs> my mind is my mind is on donuts because I love them. Um, it makes the cookie a bit denser, like you're adding more flour to it that's unneeded. Uh, whereas the potato chips, you throw them in there, crunch them up, they just they're just potato chips. Um, so you got a much saltier, crunchier feel out of the potato chip than you did the pretzel. But I think I actually treated the pretzels incorrectly. I should have just broke them once and put them in there and not like eviscerated them and then put them in there. And you got kind of a salt additive, which you could have done just by adding more salt. So fast forward, it's time to make more cookies. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to take crushed up graham crackers, throw them into the... Uh, food processor, and I'm going to use this as part of the flour. So the recipe calls for two and a half cups of flour, and I put in one and a half regular flour, and then one cup of what I'm calling graham cracker flour. Now, I probably didn't do this the right way. I put them in a food processor, blended them up pretty well. If you wanted to do it right, you'd put it in a sifter and literally make flour out of it, but I don't have six and a half hours to make uh, fuck all flour. I'm just... This is on the fly. It's fun. Let's see how they turn out kind of a thing. So that's your starting point. Um, you could probably do this with anything. We read a recipe. Uh, God, what is her name? She owns the milk bar, but she made a um, she made a caramel corn cake, like a caramel uh, popcorn cake. And what she did is she, same thing, she took popcorn, put it in the food processor, and then made flour out of it. And that's how she made her cake. So each layer had this popcorn cake, and then in between each layer, she had caramel corn physically in the layer with her buttercream. I don't eat cake because I think it's fucking gross, but that's genius, right? So if you wanted to do this a different way, you might be able to do the same thing with popcorn if you wanted to go that route with your cookies. Just throwing it out there. I use graham crackers because I wanted that honey graham cracker crust, and I was originally thinking about making these like a s'more, so... Okay, it's a s'more, so I want it to have cram crackers at the base, but I want it to be a cookie. But if you've ever added marshmallows to cookies, it turns out horrible. Anyway, so there you go. You got your two and a half cups of flour. Two sticks of butter. Uh, I throw them in the big bowl. Put that in the microwave for a minute to uh, melt them down, okay? Once they are melted down, 
you're good. Let it sit and kind of cool because you're going to add eggs to that mixture later. And what you don't want to do is have hot butter and add eggs to it because you have scrambled eggs. You don't have silky, smooth sugar concoction with your wet ingredients. Deal? All right. So you've got your flour. Then you put in your half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of baking powder. Mix all that up, okay? Set that off to the side in a smaller bowl. Do not fucking touch it. Big bowl. We've already got our two sticks, melted butter, right? Now, we're going to add in three quarters cup of regular granulated sugar, three quarters cup of brown sugar. I Everyone says, do you have to pack down the brown sugar? I don't because I'm going to mix it anyway, and it doesn't make sense to pack it down and make those fucking horrible little clumps. Anyway... I, I don't do that. I just make sure that it's like lightly packed in there and toss it in. I also know that I'm adding a lot of stuff that's going to make it sweeter. So if I'm cutting a little bit of brown sugar, I don't care. Um, now I start to whip that shit together. Oh, my little hand mixer. Uh, when it's cooler and it's making a creamier kind of consistency, like it's really blending together well, I toss in egg number one, blend it up, gets it creamier. Egg number two. By the way, take it out of the shells. If you leave it in the shells, your fucking cookies will suck. Um, we move from there into, normally this is where you start adding your dry ingredients and mix that together. No. Hold off on your dry ingredients for right now. I take a cup and a half of oats, dump those mugs in there. Good oats. Uh, oats don't sound like they're fun in a cookie, but for some reason, when you cook oats in a cookie, it changes the texture and almost gives it a little bit of crunch to it, which is very nice. It breaks up the monotony of the cookie. Um, I said that, so shut the fuck up. So dump that in there. Again, keep blending, mixing it together really lightly because the oats are going to tighten things up a bit. Uh, then a cup of coconut. And yes, we use sweetened coconut because we are not fucking monsters. Then, from there, this is where you can mix it up a bit. Uh, I have done this a couple of different ways. I did it with the pretzels, turned out pretty good, but again, maybe blended them up a little bit too much. Uh, I tried it after that with um, uh, almonds that I put in the food processor, but I put them in the food processor, and they turned out okay. You got that kind of that almond flavor to it, but it was almost like if I added a little bit of almond flour to it. So I tried it one last time, and all I did was put a cup of almonds down on the cutting board, give it a like a hard chop, like not a fine chop, but you know, took my knife to it, broke them up so they're still in big chunks, and then added the almonds in there. Salty smoked almonds from Blue Diamond. Blue Diamond almonds, because why? I don't know where else you fucking get them from. Um, so put those in there, mix it up again, and then now, once that's mixing, you start adding in your dry ingredients and slowly mixing those together until you, you know, come up with your dough. You don't want any flour left in either bowl. You want it really evenly distributed. Take out your mixers, give them a really good lick because that's just what you do. And then you take um, your two cups, your bags of chocolate chips, whatever you want to go with. I love the Giardellis. Um, I'd say it would go. you could go either way with this. If you go a little bit darker on the chocolate, then you want to change some of the components that you put in there. I know dark chocolate and almonds go well together. Dark chocolate and um, coconut go well together. But in a cookie, for some reason, it just doesn't It doesn't work. It, it gives it a little bit of bitterness that you don't want there. Uh, and it can actually act poorly with the bitterness of the almonds if, if you get one that's not good. Um, so I go with milk chocolate, 
but you know, a little bit more on the it definitely semi-sweet. You know, I don't go with crazy milk chocolate. Um, but do a Giardelli. You can use a uh, fucking Toll House if you want to. Whatever you want. Dealer's choice. Go crazy. Um, I keep getting feedback that I should put butter scotch cheese in there, but I don't. I think that would just be way too much. Um, here comes the secret, though, of the whole thing. When I'm making these, by the way, uh, wrong time to tell you this, but prep your oven at 375 uh, when you start. That way you can just immediately go to cookies. But So I, I take two baking sheets. Uh, I cover them with parchment paper because I love parchment paper. It's so fucking easy for cleanup. You just rip, put it down. You can cook a whole bunch of cookies on there and then... Oh, look at that. The fucking cookie sheet is clean. I took the parchment paper and just threw it away. La-la. Okay. Moving on. Um, I use this. We have a two-tablespoon measuring spoon. And it is the perfect size to scoop out your cookie mess. Okay? So once everything is mixed, you just lightly pat down in this two-tablespoon uh, scoop. And you flop it down. And you'll have just enough room, because these are going to be big fucking cookies. You'll have just enough room to put, like, maybe nine on there. Two, three, yeah, about nine cookies. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, okay, ten. So there's four down the side and two in the center. So you get ten cookies out of there. And it's going to tell you to cook these for nine to eleven minutes till golden brown. Okay, if you cook them for 9 to 11 minutes, you're going to have mush because these are much bigger. There's more substance to them. So you want to go 13 to 15 minutes. When you do that, though, you have to keep a watchful eye. Set your timer for 13 minutes because you want the outside of the crust to be brown and it kind of browning so the rest of the top is cooked but not like fully cooked. There is a delicate science to when you pull out hello, hello, your cookies from the oven. Um... You want to actually get them out of there when they're still gooey in the center. So you can let them sit for just a minute on your baking sheet and then move those to a cooling rack. And you do that so when you bite into it, you get a little bit of that crunch on the outside. And then your teeth kind of sink into the middle of the cookie where your chocolate is nice and melty. And then you get coconut and you get oats. And then you get whatever else you fucking put in your cookie in your mouth. And it is delicious. But it sets up so perfectly for that. Um, Again, 13 to 15 minutes. Put them out. Let them sit. You know, worse is, and I feel gross when I do this. I'll take two. These are my tester cookies. And I put, you know, eight on the cooling rack. And I put two on just a little uh, paper towel. And it, like, sucks all of the oil from the butter out of the bottom. it's quite a bit and you kind of look at it and you're like that's disgusting but fuck it I'm eating this cookie anyway and you do get in it Um, and we'll do a tester cookie Olivia and I will go through it she does the same thing every time she like rips it open so she can see that chocolate like you do in the commercials where it just kind of oozes down and in her own seven year old way she's saying fuck yeah but she's not actually saying fuck yeah Um, and just get up in it and it's those are good cookies I am now, um, because I've made junkyard cookies, 10-pound cookies, too many times in this house, I am not allowed to make them here anymore unless I am taking them somewhere else and leaving them there. 
I will give myself diabetes in 20 minutes if I keep eating these cookies because I just keep eating them. It is motivation, at least for me, to go to the gym because I know what I'm doing to my body on the inside, even though it feels so right to do it. Um, I suggest for other people, boom, do this as much as you can. Go crazy with it. Change change it up. Go, you know, scotchies and I'm doing honey roasted peanuts or whatever. Just whatever floats your boat that you think is like a good treat, throw it in there. Fuck it. The only things that don't work out well, though, are, are really marshmallows and pretzels if you don't just do the same thing like I did with the uh, almonds. Just give them a, a nice chop to them, like a heavy chop, and throw them in there. Don't, don't like eviscerate them and turn them into powder. It'll just make for a heavy cookie. Uh, I want to try... Honey roasted peanuts next because honey roasted with graham cracker, that would go pretty good. Uh, but with that, do you do chocolate? I mean, what's what's the protocol here? Do you make honey? Use honey instead of one of your uh, sugars? Like maybe I substitute um, brown sugar with the honey and do a half, three quarters cup of honey and see how that turns out. So there's a lot of different things you could do. Just, I mean, what's the worst thing you can do? The worst thing you can do is make a meh cookie. And you're still going to fucking eat it because it's a cookie. So go nuts. Have fun with it. Shit. I mean, I'd throw alcohol in mine if I thought the kids were going to eat them. I don't know. I'm, I'm just coming up with things. And I think it's fun to do. It's creative. And if you're trapped in your house, why the hell not? Even if your cookies suck, they make your house smell so lovely. When people walk in, they're like, God, I want to eat your house. This is amazing. Anyway. So that's it for this week. Um, for those who are... In the know, we're taking off and going to Oahu next week. So I'm going to try to squeeze in one quick episode. It might be a Mean Olivia episode where we do our review of Wreck-It Ralph. Um, he wrecks the internet. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, potentially Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw the movie. Fucking love it. A lot of things to talk about there. Um, and who knows? Just a quick Bachelor update. I didn't do one this week just because I've been doing the same thing week over week. Uh, and then when I get back from Oahu, we'll do a big Oahu breakdown, kind of like we did about Maui. Uh, so instead of Maui, 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 it'll be Oahu, 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 which doesn't sound as good as Maui, Maui, Maui. All right, guys. It's been great talking to you.